your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Asian Pop Nation. We have finally arrived to the month of May, just inching slowly to the end of the first half of 2022. Let's go through the songs you just heard before we do a deep dive into what we're talking about on tonight's show. The first song we played is actually a brand new single from an artist that we've had the pleasure to interview last year. We have Australian queer artist Jackie making his return for 2022 with his new single titled Mad Invite, which is all about feeling the FOMO, aka the fear of missing out, which is the story of my life. We also then played a new song coming from Japanese artist Lucky Tapes called Gimme, which comes from the new LP Bitter. So be sure to check all of this out, but also check out what our team tonight of not just myself, Leisha, but what our team of Celeste, Xenia, Tracy Lee, and JP have to say with all of these new pop culture news and general Asian topics that have been happening within the past week or so. We have talked about an alleged GOT7 comeback happening sometime this month, but also our thoughts of an actual comeback that just occurred, coming from the man, the myth, the legend, Psy. We also have quite significant discussions revolving around some key events coming from South Korea and the military, but also other topics like Mother's Day, plus a little bit of an origin story to our APN team members' names. And speaking of our APN team members, we also have a special segment for one of the most important celebrations personally for us here at APN, Xenia's birthday. So stay tuned for all of that. And of course, the latest Asian music from across the globe, starting with this new collaboration track to celebrate another very important occasion, especially for all of our Muslim friends out there. We have Malaysian artists Hiwusani and Dola with their song called Suara La Barangkita. So on that note, we at Asian Pop Nation would like to say Ibu Barak and another phrase which is commonly used in Malaysia to celebrate this time, Selamat Hari Raya Aidil Fitri. Salama Hari Raya and E Mubarak to all of our Muslim listeners here on Asian Pop Nation. My name is Lija, the EP of the show, and you were just listening to a trio of songs. First coming from two Malaysian artists that are quite well known, especially for having their own super popular Raya songs that I just love to listen to during this holiday. Well, they joined forces together to create this song called Suara Lebang Kita, which is by Hiyosani and Dala. We then also played a brand new R&B track coming from Taiwanese artist Song Jiaun called Real Faker. And lastly, we played a song from Thai indie band Rosaline called Spin, which is said to be from their upcoming debut album called Skin. Something else which is also upcoming is the birthday of a very special APNT member of ours. She is one of our presenters, but also formerly an exec producer for APN last year. We are, of course, talking about Xenia. Woohoo! Her birthday is coming up much later in the week, so I thought we could have a little bit of a moment here on the show to put a spotlight on the birthday girl herself and let Xenia take over APN for a bit, like a little throwback moment to last year. Everyone better get their wishes ready for Xenia's birthday right now. Um, in the famous words of Taylor Swift, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Um, and also in the words of Taylor Swift, um, I'm happy, free, confused, and lonely in the best way. What a great way to encapsulate what turning 22 feels like. Uh, for those who have been 22 or are 22, how does it feel? Does it feel much different? So when you were 21? It's been a while since I've been 22. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great time. 
Yeah, I hope so. Um, the reason I bring this up is, guess what? Yeah, I'm I'm going to be 22 by <laughs> soon Yay. after. You're so unsure of your coming up. Sometimes I'm like, I think after I turn 20, it's like, what? Well, how old am I? <laughs> I feel like after 18, it's just like, it all sort of blends as like uni days, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, many milestones. Yeah. I guess not yeah. until you like have your first job or like start kids. Right. But that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's another discussion. Anyway, um, Leisha has been so kind as to like bless me with three, uh, three slots for me to choose some songs, um, which demonstrate the story of my life. Um, but with, of course, an Asian music theme. So the first song I chose was one from 1978. Um, <laughs> definitely. Oh, yeah. Recent. So what was it? What was it like in 1978? It was wonderful. Um, yeah. I believe it's just a few years after um, Fernandad Marcos was like exiled from the Philippines and oh, after martial yeah. law. Yeah, like yeah, dictators, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we <laughs> the song I chose was one that my parents put on the car all the time. I swear it's like the only disc my dad has. Um, it's by Asin and the song is called Itanong Mosa Mungabata. Um, I don't know how to sing it and obviously how to say it, but it's just been like a a staple in the household for many years and it's the only song I really remember um, because I just know bata means child in Bisaya. So yeah, I mean it's probably not my favorite but hey, you here's here's a song that hopefully I don't know, is a surprise find that you might like. Anyway, moving on to I'm sure for the the weaves out there. Um <laughs> This song is from an absolute tearjerker. It's probably, it's the second anime that I've ever watched. Um, The first being a recommendation from JP actually was sort of The Stranger. And I don't remember (laughs) anything from that samurai film except, you know, like. Yeah, it's just two dudes, like, you know. Yeah, I don't remember any songs. Yeah, Yeah, but this one, this one really um, struck a chord. Um, the oh, anime yeah. is Anahimita Hana no Namai wa Boku Tachi wa Marishirenai, or Anahana, the flower we saw that day. Um, and it's the opening song, Aoi Shiori, a blue bookmark by Galileo Galilei. Uh, I feel like it, every time I hear it, it's like getting hit by like summer nostalgia. Um, and also just like the many summers that I spent um, during the holidays just binge watching anime. Um, I think wow. it, was that, it was like that early obsession, you know, when you're obsessed with something in the early stages um, and you'd like do anything. So I woke up literally right. at 3 a.m. in the morning before school um, and I would wow. leave at 7 a.m. just to watch a couple of episodes of anime. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't <laughs> I know your obsessed. addiction was that bad, Zanya. Oh, that was like, yeah, I think that time I was watching Chihara, Chihaya Furu, the one about like yeah, the Karata the cards, card game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so once, once I'm addicted, <laughs> it's like all-consuming. Um, oh yeah, and the last one is a recent one, actually, just from last year. It's You by Millennium Parade uh, with Belle from the movie Belle by um, Mamoru Hosoda. And it's that opening song. I think the film wasn't the best, but <laughs> that, that opening song really struck a chord. And hopefully, I think I might be singing it as a maid at the Animaga Maid Cafe oh as a vocal God. performance. In oh English, because I originally thought, hey, maybe I could do like a Japanese English remix, but I forgot that I have, probably have to remember it off by heart. And I don't think <laughs> right, that's going to yeah. work well if it's in Japanese. Um, yeah. So 
that's that's three songs that have kind of encapsulated three stages of my life. <laughs> oh my god. I'd say good taste with the Anohana opening. I like how sleepy the singer sounds. Yeah. I actually yeah. like it a lot more than Secret Base, but I feel like Secret Base has a lot more of a following. Uh, yeah. Very nice. Why thank you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> why why thank you? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> But yeah, that's me. Um, thanks, Lisha, for giving this as like a small present. <laughs> yes, happy birthday, Senya. Oh <laughs> and guess what? I think JP's coming up soon. So, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna oh. be like what a sh- one show in a bit, and then it's your time. <laughs> it's time to shine on his music choices. Yeah, oh. <laughs> it's gonna be like eighties. You, you, know, you just know. You just know it's all gonna be fully coolie soundtracks. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> Time to cancel this. Time to cancel this birthday. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Cancel my birthday? No, but seriously, it's good. Good music, you know. Like the pillow. Isn't the pillow? The pillows. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. Happy birthday, Zed. Yeah. This is not. This is Why? <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll be doing Fatal a murder mystery party as well. So that'll be fun. Yes. Mwahaha. I'm also a maid in the murder mystery. So, and JP's a butler. So yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be cool. I swear, it's not like it's the it's the 1920s kind, not like yeah. Akihabara maid cafe kind. No. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Just for the clarification. Anyway, then it's like I'll remind people my birthday. <laughs> like my birthday is not gonna be a maid cafe. <laughs> no, I have two obsessions. I ha- I'm a weeb, but I'm also like in love with period pieces. So. <laughs> yeah all right i guess that's that's me out of the spotlight and jp will be be in it soon yay This is Asian Pop Nation right here, right now on Sin. If you're just tuning in now, we were playing three songs, which were personally handpicked from our APN team member Xenia. It's a little bit of a birthday treat from APN to her. We first played the song title Itanong Mo Sang Meng Bata from Filipino band Asin. We then had Xenia's second song choice, which comes from the anime Anohana with the song titled Al Shiroi or a blue bookmark from Galileo, Galilee, and lastly, we played the song called You, the Japanese version from Millennium Parade X Bell. If you want to hear the backstories behind these song picks from the birthday girl Zenia herself, be sure to check out our Asian Foundation podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Omni, and on the Sim website. Moving along to our next news of the day, which is also something that calls for a mini celebration, primarily for all the agases, aka the fans of the South Korean group GOT7. As news has been circling around that they may be having their group come back sometime this month. Oh my god, I can't even like process that news, but yes, <laughs> let fellow GOT7 fan aka me, Leisha, fill you in on all the details of this alleged GOT7 comeback right now. Okay, so, you know, I think it's been a couple of shows we've talked about different K-pop groups, but this group that we're going to be talking about right now um, happens to be on, like, top five unofficial lists of K-pop groups that have a special place in my heart. 
Yes, we're talking about God 7 because on April 22nd, the South Korean news outlet called Joy News 24, they released a report that apparently, and we're going to be using a lot of reported and apparently because nothing has been fully, fully confirmed yet, but yes, reportedly, God 7 are preparing for their full group comeback this coming May, apparently with a new album as well, which, oh my god. I'm, I'm gone. Anyways, although the news has not been officially confirmed by the members themselves, one of the members, Bam Bam, on his like Twitter account, he posted some like cryptic post when the news was released, potentially hinting the possibility of this being their grand return as a seven-membered group. And if you guys need a little bit of a refresher, maybe the name got sounds sounds familiar to you, but you're like, haven't they always just been around? Well, actually, back in January last year, they did depart from their long-term entertainment company, JYP Entertainment. And since then, the members have been doing a lot of solo promotions while also being in separate agencies. The members have just dispersed everywhere. And if this May comeback will occur, as reported, this would be their second time releasing music as a full group since their release titled Encore back in February 2021. And that one was just like a single and it was a very like, we'll always be got seven, we'll always be back type of track. They are allegedly, reportedly having a comeback. And how are you guys feeling about this news? I'm super excited. Um, mostly because last year it was pretty sad news that they all decided to leave JYP Entertainment and do their own things. But yeah, it's exciting to see that they could potentially come back together. I know um, back in 2021, DK, DKTV, if anyone knows it, it's a YouTube channel that reports on Korean entertainment news and stuff, where one of the guys on there said that the chances of GOT7 ever coming back together and having a comeback is very low and he would chop his own balls off um, if that were to happen. And so yeah. Bam Bam recently <laughs> tweeted out, um, all right, chop chop in reference to that. And so I feel like there will be a comeback. I'm super excited. Can't wait to see what they've got. Yeah, oh my God. So let's when you mentioned it. Yeah, I saw that post too. And I was like, this is pretty much confirmation that it is happening. This is the most like confirmed thing we'll get. And it's from this very interesting (laughs) tweet from Bam Bam. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I mentioned it earlier, but yes, they have a very uh, special place in my heart. I've not kept up with all of their individual solo stuff, but some of the members had had some really good solo releases. Shout out to Yu-Gi-Oh! in particular. I love Yu-Gi-Oh!'s solo albums. I guess if you're very into R&B, that type of genre, and music that typically comes out from the AOMG label, you'll probably like his solo stuff. I am also just very excited to just see them all together because I don't know, I just love their whole group dynamic. I think they've just been around the industry for so long that they have that brotherly bond, if you want to use that word. But yeah, no, I I like them a lot. So I'm also equally excited. I think like for their time, like early third gen, it was kind of rare to have so many foreign people in a seven member group. And so it's really cool that they're still together and they're still good friends. It's like super rare for a group to leave their company and actually come back as a full group. Usually <laughs> they leave their company and then they just maybe do something like 
21 historic hotel reunion, but to actually plan a whole comeback, it requires quite a lot of planning and lining up schedules. And that's really hard if you're split across like five different companies. This must have been like in all their contracts. I must be able to have regular or semi-regular comebacks with COD7. I think that's pretty cool. Also, it's really cool to see what their comebacks going to be like away from JYP. Mm. Because even though they have, I know JB is like a self-composing artist. A lot of the comebacks have been given to them by JYP. Like they haven't had much of a say creatively. Mm. Yeah, so that's nice so true. Yeah. Yeah, like what a comeback will be like where they've had more of a hand in the creative side of things. That's so true. Yeah, because I remember when they were in JYP, a lot of the fans, whenever there was like a new comeback, people always like <laughs> look at the track list and they're like, dear God, it all just says it's written and goodbye by JYP, the man himself and stuff like that. And people are like, oh, because apparently JB, like you mentioned, apparently he's been a little bit honest in mentioning that his songs do get like rejected from JYP to be in GOT7's albums and stuff. So yeah, you are right though that this will definitely be like a big opportunity that yeah, they don't have that freaking JYP guy. <laughs> no, no way to that man because I don't want him to secretly come for me in the middle of the night. He's very scary to me. <laughs> He's gonna sue you. No, I think that they also have connections now to a lot of like indie artists through higher music because JB went there or the AOMG connections. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. be able to find someone better than the JYP songwriters. Or, you know, even if JB doesn't write their song, it will at least be endorsed by hopefully more of the members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the seven Dragon Balls. They're coming together to make a miracle. Here comes the anime fans. So- what? No, it's <laughs> not even like an- everyone knows what Dragon yeah dragon balls (laughs) yeah yeah, the dragon balls and you know that guy has to now cut his balls it's like wow full circle full Full circle moment wow you know what else is full circle balls (laughs) (laughs) jb's internet's just gonna get revoked by me at one point oh my god i almost called you jb because we're jumble (laughs) oh no no why would you Okay, anyways, let us know, listeners, what you think about this GOT7 reunion moment that is potentially happening in May through Asian Palm Nation on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You are listening to Asian Pop Nation, the home of all things Asian pop culture related and more here on Sin. This is Lucia here and you were just listening to some tracks first coming from UK Filipino artist Biba Doobie with her new single titled See You Soon. We also played a fun retro song from Didi Mouse and Yon Yon titled Step In Step In, which actually has a mix of both Korean and Japanese lyrics in the song. And lastly, we played the brand new single from a staple favorite of mine is MXM Tune with her new song titled Victim of Nostalgia. Now, thinking of nostalgia and this next topic specifically, it had me kind of thinking about how this artist legitimately had just such a strong hole on the music scene and YouTube culture back in 2020 in particular with this one song that I'm sure... K-pop fan or not, everyone and their mom knows it. Yes, we're talking about Psy himself, but we're not talking about Gundam style at all. Rather, his latest comeback track called That That featuring Suga from BTS. 
Our team kind of watched the music video impulsively while we were pre-recording the show, so you get to listen right now to our initial reactions and comments for Sai's comeback song, Dad Dad. Alright, so the man is back, Sai! Oh my god, he's like my first introduction to K-pop. The first time I actually heard a K-pop song was Gangnam Style. He's back with a new song called Dad Dad with his latest album called Side Knife. And what's great about this song is that it's being produced by Sugar of BTS and has him featuring in it. And I've seen videos where Sai and Sugar talk about the production process and how Sai was kind of just like pulling him in bit by bit because Sugar usually, when he does collaborations, um, he just sends the song. He doesn't really meet up with the artist or interact outside of making the song. But Sai's just drawn him in, made him like have a meeting with him, got him to learn a choreography and like join the music video. So that's been a blast for any fans of BTS out there. Uh, the song itself is, I don't know. How do you, how do you say it, Tracy? What do you think? It has a lot of trumpets. It has a lot of brass in it, I guess. It's not quite mariachi, but it's, it's kind of Latin flavored. And I feel like that's why they're going for the cowboy theme. Um, if you think about, like, say, BTS's Aeroplane Part 2, that's another yeah. sort of Latin-inspired song with the cowboy theme. So I think in K-pop language, like, Latin-inspired equals to Wild West. It's like mark. this weird, funky, electro pop No, it's not electro at all. I feel like it's a bit electro in that, like, the, 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 like, it's just, oh, how do I say it? It's just a dance pop song, I guess. Yes. What what I can say about this song is that um I, I really felt it. Did you yeah. get up and dance? Yeah, I got up and danced. Just a little bit. I think this will live up to Gangnam Style or Gentleman. No. Ooh, no. <laughs> just gonna put it out there, no, because it's just it's not as memey. Not as strange. Yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah. not as maybe, not as strange, not as out there. It's fun for when you watch it, but it's not a song that will draw me back. Right. Yeah, it doesn't have that, like, what did I just watch feeling afterwards. And also, like, the fact we already know who Sai is, right? Like, so we know this is a sort of thing, but, like, back then he just came out of nowhere. Like, oh, who's this weird Korean guy? It's like dancing. Maybe this is the next generation's introduction to Sai. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's interesting you say that, JP, because I think that's the general consensus. I think most of like the Western audience or people who like didn't really know Psy had like that's the general notion they have when Gundam Style came up. But I'm pretty sure huh. he's been a long-lasting artist prior to that who already had quite a big like Korean following. But it's just one of those cases where it's just like Gundam Style like just really really blew up to the point I was like. Oh, now everybody knows him. I don't Dang, know. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was more on the rap, the more hip hop side. Like, he used to be signed to YG, and his stuff used to be sort of more old school hip hop. And Gunner's style is pure, pure pop. Like, when did it come out? 2012, right? Early 2010s pop. Like, Yo, really? L- post LMFAO pop. Dude, I was yeah. 12 years old when that came out. Wow. <laughs> But anyway, this music video is pretty fun because it has Sugar in it, and Sugar is having a lot of fun. He also looks very good, as many of us have remarked. He looks sweet? No, because, you know, his name is Sugar and all, and like, you know. <laughs> you see, I got that, but I chose to just not give a reaction. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. It's, it's, a very, it's a very common joke. You are how many years into BTS's debut behind uh... <laughs> I really like there's this one shot, the best shot in the whole video is Sai leaning on a car, blood dripping out of his mouth, and Sugar has him in his lap. 
and he like pinches his brow. It's like, oh no, he's dead. It's great. I don't know, <laughs> that's the one melodramatic wacko scene in the whole thing. The other rest of it is a pretty straightforward dance video. I like the one where Sugar just like jumps in to frame and then oh yeah, guys, like, <laughs> dancing every time. <laughs> oh yeah, they pause the video for like thirty seconds just so that Sugar can jump off like a five meter pedestal into frame and then walk slowly up to Sai. I guess it's a Wild West theme, right? So it's like they're like long lost rivals like facing off each other. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Duel. yeah. And instead of like fighting each other, they just dance together after Sai fake dies. Damn, dude. These Wild West movies, they gotta come back more dense. There's such thing as, like, Korean Wild West films. No. Are there? Like, we had that pirate one we talked about earlier, and now the sky's yeah, the limit. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. Isn't the Wild West, that's traditionally American. Like, that's traditionally... I mean, yeah. Bridgerton was traditionally, like, English period drama. Let's go. Let's see how far <laughs> we can push the envelope. Yeah, although you have that whole thing of spaghetti westerns, which are... Yes. That's yeah, true. it's made by Italian people. So maybe you could get kimchi westerns. I like that. I like the sound of that. Maybe this is the start of a kimchi western. Kimchi westerns, let's go. For those listening out there, let us know your thoughts on Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, welcome to Asian Pop Nation, residing right here on Sin. It's me, Leisha, here, and you were just listening to some brand new Asian music. First coming from the icon himself, we have Sai featuring Suga from BTS with his new catchy track called That That. We also played a brand new track from Australian-Korean rap group 1300, coming straight from their debut mixtape album, Foreign Language. And from Sin's very own Sweet 16 playlist and local feature album, we have the song called Um Um. We then ended our trio of songs with an alternative pop track from Hong Kong-based American artist Kelly Fong with his song called Look Closer. Quite a fitting title, I would say, for our next topic as you guys get to look closer or in this case, listen closer to some of our team members' personal stories they have to tell when it comes to the origins of their names. Because why not? It's time for us to take the steps into just flexing the supremacy of having Asian names, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just roll the tape to our name origin stories right now. So, off air, we all had an interesting conversation about our last names, and uh, it ended up being like a whole two-hour, you know, around the campfire, ooh, storytelling sort of thing going on. So we thought, hey, we might uh, bring some of these stories here on uh, Asian Pop Nation. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to tell some stories about our names let's uh let's start with celeste celeste do you have a story with your last name um well my last name is chan it's about c-h-a-n because i'm cantonese uh Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah. what can i say do you have a cantonese name um i don't actually remember because in mandarin it's about c-h-a-n when i write that xo is fucking sorry xo's member shows up surname is a common name in Asia. That's yes, I did my research. So common, Celeste. <laughs> it's the most common surname in Singapore and Taiwan, as well as in the south of China. Really, fun facts. And according to Wikipedia, my reliable source, it means to describe or ancient. So that means I'm hella old in my like Chen so ancestors old. lineage. Oh my god, I'm learning so much about my oh my <laughs> no, god. Not so all of that's related. Um, 
I don't know. I don't really associate myself with those who spell it C-H-E-N. Yeah. (laughs) They are related if you go back like maybe three generations. It's the same thing. Like you have a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, there's only a handful of surnames that make up the majority of Chinese surnames. So you've got like Yang, Chen, Huang, Zhao, Wu, Zhou, Wang, but they all get transliterated like a million different ways depending on the dialect. How come you're called Celeste? Celeste? I've heard two different stories from my dad. Um, oh, first right. reason is because they called my brother Robert and because my mum is like, she didn't grow up here. She came here when she was 19. Um, English is a second language and so it's hard for her to pronounce um, words with the letter R. So instead of saying Robert, she says Robert. And so oh. my dad's just like gone through a list of names, like just pick one that my mom can pronounce and then that's how we got Celeste. The <laughs> other reason was, um, no, the other story my dad said is like, he's always, he saw this name, he's like, always wanted to name me Celeste. And I'm just like, which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> one of it's like the cute little heartfelt, like I've had this name for so long and I've just been waiting for you to arrive on this earth. And the other one's just like, yeah, no, like practicality. Yeah. Just <laughs> lost dust, maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe the list that he gave your mom was just like, it only had Celeste on it. <laughs> Celeste did it 20 times. No it was just Celeste, 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 Celeste. Oh. How yeah. about you, Tracy? What's the story behind your name? I, uh, my dad used to, we used to live next to a, like a white couple. Um, the guy was like a World War II veteran. Um, and they were super nice, actually. They were like super old, but super nice, considering right. we were just like a young family. Dad and mum were like fresh off the boat from China and didn't really know uh. the language very well. So they kind of like, um, basically, um, my dad asked the woman to give a list of names, and she wrote down a list of names in her beautiful, elegant. Um, Wow, like Classic. Victorian handwriting. Yeah, like Victorian handwriting. I still oh have some God. of her handwriting. It's like really swirly and loopy. And um, Tracy was the only list on that. Tracy was the only name on that list which um, they'd never heard of before, as in they didn't know anyone already with the name Tracy. So that's why they decided to go with it. I guess it, it kind of goes with my Chinese name being a sort of weird um, literary Chinese name that I guess very few people have. They just want to be special and unique, I guess. So unique, Tracy. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it's spelled a very specific way, but like the Yun is like this very specific character that you only find in like old poetry because the emperor used to have one of these specific, specific types of plants in his room. And my and you know, like wow. the grandpa was a writer dude, super into the ancient Chinese cultures. So that's why I have a really weird Chinese name. That's super cool. How about you, Lee? Oh, um, <laughs> so Lee is not my actual name. It's just like, what? yeah. So my actual Chinese name is Xu Qian. So then Qian is like my actual first name. But then like when I transitioned to the high school, like I was like, you know what? I'm going to change it to Lee because no, not a single person in my primary school. I used to live in Adelaide, by the way, could pronounce my name. So I was like, you know what? I- I'll just say Lee. Um, wow. Yeah, so that's my first name. But then my last name is Chi, but the way it's written in Chinese is the one for Xu. And I think it's a very common last name. But yeah, my dad told me, like, there's this dude who also has the same surname as us. And pretty much he was, like, in, like, the Qin Dynasty or sometime he was, like, the emperor wanted, like, the Elixir of Life. So he was sent to Japan to... Ooh find the elixir of life but i think he was like he knew that it didn't exist so 
he I think he had like 3,000 men and 3,000 women go with him um, and he just went over there to start a new life and I think that's how Japan is like quote-unquote founded but I'm not sure about that really but yeah I think yeah and then his last name is same as ours so that's like pretty cool oh my god I don't know how um genuine my story was but yeah <laughs> well, if, 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 that's true that's that's so cool he straight up just ditches the emperor like oh man just yeah live in Japan. i think he was just smart and he was like yeah it doesn't exist i'm just gonna go <laughs> yeah yeah man, well, i waste so my sick. life trying to look for something yeah yeah how about you Zen, yeah. um mine is not related to being filipino at all um my right. name is in greek uh it means hospitality so oh oh my god oh, sorry so it's like a, it's a form of um uh, it's like a, a concept for hospitality in ancient greece so every time a visitor comes to your house you know the visitor needs to respect the person who owns the house and the owner respects the person who's visiting and they share a meal something like that but i didn't know that until i googled it so the real reason kind of is because my mom was um her midwife slash nurse was very impatient. So she just like picked a name randomly from a Reader's Digest book that my aunt, her sister brought to the hospital room. Um, it's like, ooh, there's this time traveler. Her name's Senya. That's a nice name. Ta-da. Oh, it's really me. Cool. My like my siblings, they they sort of fall on, on a similar trajectory in regards to like their, the first letter of their first name is the next letter of the alphabet. So mine starts with X. My brother starts with Y. My sister starts with Z. And then we kind of stop there. Who knows? Maybe I'll continue wow. the tradition and go back to the start if I have kids. Um, yeah. But then also with my last name, I haven't actually met any other people with my last name. Um, apparently, they're more common in the northern island of Luzon in the Philippines. Um, but I haven't met anyone. Um, if, if anyone knows someone with the last name, please get in touch with me. <laughs> I would like Long to meet lost. someone. Yeah. But in the Philippines, your middle name is like your mother's maiden name typically um the only exception in my family is my brother because he was born here um he doesn't have a middle name um Damn. yeah missing out missing out but i don't think i i don't know if i'd give my children my my last name it's not really like i don't know it doesn't seem like a a lot a middle name that would flow well it's like john sarnott smith or i don't know it's like, what the- <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah that does sound cool but i feel like <laughs> yeah. if it's like i don't know mary sarnott doe it's like it's not I don't know. No, that's cool. That's no, cool. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I just need to like warm up to it. Here. Okay. Yeah, you gotta um, warm up to it. Yeah, maybe I should make my my children suffer the same fate. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's one thing. It's like I think growing up, I didn't really like my name. Like until the age of like ten, I was like, I always wanted to be called like Sally or Sandy. Um, Sandy. Yeah. I can't ever imagine you being called Sally or Sandy. I feel like Sandy, Sandy is the most like strange. Yeah, I think Zenya's perfect name. (laughs) Thank you. I've warmed up. I've warmed up to it. It's wow. I don't know what I'd be now without being called Zenya. To be honest, yeah. (laughs) Isn't Sandy from SpongeBob? Yeah, I think of Reese. Squirrel. Mm. Oh, Reese. Me, I'm Sandra D. That's probably why I got it. I like Sandy until she changed the end of Greece. But that's that's another story. (laughs) Probably not for Asian population. (laughs) Oh my god. 
Hello, you are tuning into Asian Pop Nation, one of Sin's many flagship shows, but the only one that gives you all the latest and greatest Asian music and more. We were just playing our song requests coming straight from our listener Matthew. The first song request came from the Japanese group Seshun Gakun with their song called Dear My Friend. And the second song was from the group Happy Anniversary with the song called Happy Anniversary. Lastly, we played the brand new track coming from Chinese artist Mashi Wei with his song called For Your Eyes Only, which comes from his latest album titled Humble Swag. Something else which isn't so much for your eyes only, but rather for your ears only, is the continuation of our APN team giving our little top secret, not so top secret origin stories to our names. And if you missed part one of this conversation, you can of course tune into our Asian Pop Nation podcast, available anywhere and everywhere you stream your podcast from. Anyways, let's bring ourselves back to the names conversation right now. How about you, Alicia? I know you have a very interesting the best story for last. with、um, your name. Yeah. yeah, I know. Really putting the best for last. And also putting all the, I see putting all the Chinese names first and then going down the list. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, very subconscious. Terry picked Celeste, Tracy, and Lee.、Hmm. <laughs> Even <laughs> though I am half Chinese, also,、hmm, what was mean? The <laughs> My first full name is Alicia Lini. And Yes, I just usually go by Alicia, less syllables. And also, I've just gone through trials and tribulations of nobody pronouncing my name right. So that's that. But yeah, Alicia Lini, it, I've never been told that there's like a specific meaning to the name. Like, oh, it means like, I don't know, love or freedom and stuff like that. No, I, there's, I don't think that there's been a story that, I, or at least ones that my family just never mentioned. But I do know that my name was created because my grandparents,、um, My grandparents, before I was born, no, actually, no, not before I was born, when I was born, they like calculated the exact、um, time that I was born and the dates. And like they went to an Indian temple and they talked to it with a priest that was there or something. And then they,、wow. my grandparents had like a whole like a session with them and coming up with the perfect name that would. Again, symbolize the time I was born, the day I was born, what the stars looked like, and stuff like that when I was born. And then that. Was how my name was created, but my parents had, my parents themselves had like zero, they had zero idea what to name me. I always bother my mom. That- Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh my god, no, it's just like that sounds like、uh, the backstory for a main character. Ah, <laughs>、uh, but the story doesn't end yet. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't end. Ah,、uh, yeah, yeah. But as I mentioned, that is my first full name in terms of my last name. Haha, there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the craziest that's part. That's why I saved you for last, Leisha. Yes, I have no story to tell about my last name because I legally do not have a last name. <laughs> so, that's so crazy. So my full, so when I said my first full, my full first name is Leisha Lini. No, that's actually my like full name in general. It's just Leisha Lini, and that's just that's just been the case since I was born till now. Woohoo! Wow. <laughs> and、so、if you、cool. yes, if you ask why, because. Uh, it always creates a very interesting conversation in Uber rides, especially because they can see my name and they're always like, "They're like, oh cool, did you like just forget to add like a last name section?" I'm like, "No, there's nothing beyond there."、Wow. Yeah, and it always gets into a whole thing. They always ask like, "Oh, are you secretly like royalty?" <laughs> Or、oh, it's、wow. like, or they use the same logic as how like you know how celebrities are known for like like Beyonce. I mean, everyone knows like Beyonce Knowles is like her full name thing, but people. Usually associate her as just like a single name, Beyonce. Just Beyonce, yes, yeah. yeah. So some, 
Yeah, so some people think like, oh, like a celebrity singer. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's just oh it's the God. most outlandish reasons. And I'm just like, option, Leisha, if you want to be <laughs> known just by your first name, then you've literally got no other choice. Yeah, that's just that's just my life, y'all. And yeah, wow. and, but I don't have any like, there is no, I'm not a secret princess in like living in a hidden secret island or something. No, it's purely. Well, I mean, even if you were a secret princess, why would you expose yourself here? You know? <laughs> not a secret anymore. That is true. But yeah. yeah, I don't, it's just, I don't have a last name because essentially what happened was one of my parents had like an argument with the birth certificate officer <laughs> and walked down without giving a <laughs> giving a full like, last, name. last name oh option. that's crazy yeah. and i don't know why that guy like the birth certificate officer didn't i don't know like why didn't they just do like an assumption game and just went like okay let me just use one of like her parents lost names and just chuck it in there no i guess that argument must be really bad that that person also just went fine i'll write nothing no, or the go. person thought or the person thought you know oh man this is my chance to make history <laughs> make a village and villain Villain. Yeah, villain. Wait, what's it called? Villain's origin story. Villain's, Villain's origin story. story. Yeah. Oh, Leisha, yeah, I'm I'm gonna pose a lightning question to you though. If you could have a last name, what would you want it to be? I mean, wouldn't I just want it to be one of my parents' last names? Oh yeah. No, join the Chan family. You. <laughs> yeah, join the Chan family. No, I always did kind of want my law my mom's last name. So her last name is Chang. So Celeste's Sorry, last name. So Celeste's last name, but with a G at the end. And I just always wanted that because I thought it would be a cute, um, a cute way to show people how I mix. <laughs> because my first name is an Indian <laughs> last name, and my last name will be like a Chinese last name. Um, Few last names. So clearly that has not happened because I still exist on this planet with just one. Wow. <laughs> one name, and I think now what? I'm like 22 years old. There's too many legal documents that are in my name that's just the one name thing i can't be bothered to change anymore. right yeah oh so maybe the... um listener if you want to marry me <laughs> and i can take <laughs> marry me and i can take that's the easy way for me to take someone's last name um put your application there <laughs> put your application bonus there. points bonus points if your last name is chang <laughs> yes we are currently opening boyfriend <laughs> applications for leisha hey hey just right gen- general pop general Partners. I'm just general partner vacation. Any gender, anyone. Just I need. I just want a just last wants name. A last name. I just want a last Political name. Political marriage. Yes. <laughs> hey, this oh could be God. start of a really good like fanfic or something. It could be actually. Oh yeah, that actually could be a good, really oh, good man. romance. So any writers out there? Yeah, uh, writers, investors, if you're listening, please take this idea on board. You know, this could be pretty good and any potential partners please <laughs> yes and any potential partners but, before, but yeah but their application they have to mention their like last name thing first because that's exactly what i'm looking for yeah, i don't care yeah, about their yeah. personality <laughs> don't worry the forum has been formatted as such the last name part is in the beginning so they won't miss it they won't miss it but yeah that's everyone's names oh wait no i haven't no, talked about my name what about <laughs> John Paul. Fight me. Oh no, my my name's um so yeah, it's macaroni. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, but my first name is um John Paul. So that's like two first names. And um my dad used to tell me that um he named me after the Pope. You know, he's a nice holy guy. Then later he told me that he just really liked the Beatles. So you know, John Lennon, Paul McCartney. So he put that on. No, that's cool. Um, but my last name, 
my last name is Makatal, and apparently there's like a really wacky little legend behind it. So the story was uh, back when the Spanish were like writing down last names for everyone, uh, there was this dude who would kind of like run around naked eating like fruits that made him really itchy. And so uh, a Spanish guy, you know, he goes to, to a local. He's like, hey, what's the name of that guy? Right. And so they're like, oh, just call him itchy. So in, in Tagalog or Visaya, I forgot which one, katol uh, means itchy. And when you say ma katol, it adds like an emphasis to it. So it's like pretty itchy. <laughs> so my last name means itchy. <laughs> How do you feel? How do I feel? Uh, it makes me feel pretty itchy, to be honest. Like, you know, I've always felt like I ha- I've had a bit of an itchy personality. And I think I know why. It's, it's the it's the legacy or curse of the last name. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, would you prefer to have a name like that or just have like nothing? <laughs> no, no logic. Actually, actually I, I prefer I prefer to have the whole itchy thing because I think it's cute in like a roundabout way. Like if you think about it for five hours, then you get around <laughs> to thinking it's cute. You should yeah. hold off the story for if you get married. Hold it off until after you're married and then tell until them after. <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I'd say 10 years into the marriage is when it's a good time. <laughs> to say because then at least at least you know you're both ensnared anyway so like you know it's a lot easier to get away with it uh but anyway yeah those are interesting asian name stories if you have an asian name or like just a name (laughs) let us know the story of your name on facebook twitter and instagram at asian pop nation Welcome to the slightly more sentimental corner here in Asian Palm Nation, and I'll explain why later. But first, let's cover all the songs we just played. First, starting with the song called Hashtag Self Trip from Korean female artist Min So. We also played a new track coming from Australian-Filipino artist Dani called Weekends, which also comes from her debut mixtape called Quantum Jumping. And lastly, we played the brand new funky title track to come from Korean male group Monster X called Love. Now, words like love and being a bit sentimental during the month of May can only mean one thing. Yes, we at APN are reminding you that Mother's Day is approaching a big round of applause for our listeners out there who have already just have everything organized for this day and a major good luck for our listeners who may now be scrambling for last minute gift ideas for your motherly figures but we here in APN want to take this time to just talk about some fictional Asian moms in media and no this is not just an alternative way to bring up everything everywhere all at once for the hundredth time even though I do fall guilty of that, as you hear right now. Alright, so Mother's Day is coming up and fortunately none of us are mothers yet, we're too young. <laughs> but yeah, um, well, while it's Mother's Day, um, well, upcoming this Sunday, I thought it might give a little shout out to all the great and ugly and bad sorry mothers out there within like asia and that's like whether they're real or fictional motherly figures in your personal life uh do we have any shout outs that we want to give you're from spy x family what was it sorry you're from spy x family yes she's like an assassin but yeah (laughs) (laughs) a very overprotective assassin without telling her daughter that she's an assassin 
or her husband. <laughs> but yeah, aside from the lying, she's a great mother. <laughs> she is, though. I, I agree with Xenia, though. Yes, that intro pump may make people think we're leading her to like bad mama war. But no, no, she's great. And she's trying her best because they're like in the story, they're their family, which is created circum like they're created for like a circumstance type of thing so they're so they're yeah that's kind of the thing but she actually really tries to connect with Anya who's like the kid in this situation and yeah no she's just she's trying her best and at the same time yeah she's an assassin and she looks hot doing it so you know that's that's mom <laughs> she she's loving in a crushing kind of way exactly she's doing her best. <laughs> that's why she's she's good mom okay do not She's she's not a terrible mom. Um, if we're talking about like recent recent moms that have popped on like Asian media, I'll say Evelyn. Evelyn from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Evelyn Wong. I think she is. She's a good mom too. <laughs> she's trying her best. She has made mistakes, but now she's like a master chef, kung fu movie star, strong I mean, ass pinky. She's made the most mistakes out of everyone. <laughs> Every other Evelyn in the world. Let's make it a worse Evelyn, but still the best Evelyn at the same time. Exactly. I can't That's- wait for Father's Day where we talk about Waymond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's such an. She's so. Mm. Such an she's inspiration. Very, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's so cool. She has such a cool speaking voice and such a, has had such a cool life. So it's really nice to hear interviews from her. But Evelyn is like the complete opposite to Michelle. I think originally um, when the directors pitched the story to Michelle Yeoh, like when the directors pitched everything everywhere all at once to Michelle Yeoh, the character's name was Michelle Wang. And she was like, no, we have to change that. We have to change it to another character's name. Um, and, and like the PR reason she gives is, oh, because I want all the characters um, to, you know, have their tell their own story. I don't want it to be my story. I don't want to trust upon these characters. But on the other hand, it's like um, the directors wanted it to be like a cool meta thing. So like, you know, in the um, in the movie, how there's this universe where she's like a movie star who does Kung Fu, who closely resembles actual Michelle Yeoh. Well, in that universe, she doesn't actually have like a very full family life. So it's like the trait of her being successful is that she doesn't have a good like, family life or like real relationships. Whereas the actual Michelle Yeoh, she's like, I have a very full family life. I have a great relationship <laughs> with my family members <laughs> and my husband. And my, you know, so I, you know, that's the, I think that's more the real reason. But that's pretty cool. Michelle Yeoh, pretty cool mom. Evelyn Wong has a bit, few more things to work through, but also very uh, cool in her own way. JP. How? <laughs> Sorry, I just like spaced out. What is your mom? Shout what out. is my mom? Um, yes. My mom <laughs> was born in the Philippines just as like, a, no, no, I'm kidding. Um, but in terms of fictional moms, um, Leisha, have you watched Makia? You watch Makia, right? No. <laughs> no, you haven't? Oh no, it's one Wait. of those it's one of those things that Lee has been bothering me to watch it. But yeah. as per many animes that she gets <laughs> asked me to watch, it ends up in like a very, very long watch list, which may never be fulfilled. But anyway, no, yeah, but no, this I'm... is good. Lee Lee is right in her judgment here. Zenya, you watched Makia as well, haven't you? Yes. Yes, yes. Makia, that story is about um this woman. Um 
This is set in the fantasy world, by the way. And she's part of this race that lives for like ages. So imagine like elves, right? They like live to be like 500 years old. And it's about her taking care of this human baby. Like she just finds the baby and she's like, damn, I'm going to take care of this kid. And then uh, things just happen from there. And it's it's really cute, but also really sad because she's like, she lives to be 500. And so her own son like grows old and dies, you know? So I don't know. But she feels really strong throughout the whole thing anyway. So that's, um, I'd say that's my anime mom. Another <laughs> mom I want to mention, but is quite small, is actually from Fruits Basket. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to be honest, a lot of the people in Fruits Basket have horrible parents. <laughs> but yeah. the only one that I really liked was Hiro, who um, he's the Soma member who turns into a ram, sheep. Um mm. And he's like the only mom who's like really wholesome, aside from, of course, Toru's mom. Um, mm. But his mom absolutely embraced the fact that her son can turn into a ram whenever she hugs him. So, wow. so it's so accepting, whereas everyone is like shunned and abandoned and neglected. Um, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely ready for her. And also, um, what was her name again? There was Kyo- Kyoko. That's it. Kyoko? The um, Tori's mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how could we forget her? I mean, who doesn't want, like, a teen gang member as your mother? <laughs> Ex-teen gang member, Ex-teen mind you. gang member. Uh, um, yeah. But how about in, like, the K-drama world? Surely there's some, some nice moms. Um, no, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the one from the drama Flower of Evil, because um, the mom... Um, she plays a detective who's trying to hunt down this person from a criminal case, which turns out to um, fit the description of her husband. And she's got, they've got a child and stuff. And she's like, great. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I can think about. Um, but yeah, K-drama moms are that pronounced. Unless it's like a story about them trying to get their kids into this education system because they want the best for their kids. Um, but isn't that every Asian mom out there in the world? Yeah. <laughs> the trauma I guess- that I can feel from everyone right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to say, outside of that, I just wanted to be like, I give a shout out to all like, the moms out there who make the little, like, wake up early to, yeah, make bloody kids a little bento box with like cute little bears and stuff, the like cute stuff in there and yeah that's a lot of effort mm-hmm. and i'll never do that for my kids if i ever have kids so <laughs> yeah same yes. same i'm sorry to my future kids and future but i'm publicly putting a statement out that i will not be <laughs> <laughs> i will not be the chef i can't <laughs> yes like, food is how the asian parent shows their affection because asian parents never say anything nice you know whenever they, they try to be caring it always just ends up comes out as you're getting fat but, you know, when they actually want to be caring, they just show it through cooking good food. If you love your mom, please let us know on no, Facebook, Instagram. Don't let them know which them every Day first and then <laughs> Yes, let us know on our socials, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. For Asian Pop Nation is our handle. Um, love moms. <laughs> This is Asian Palm Nation here on Sin. My name is Lisha, and wow, what a trio of just 
really pleasant, happy tracks we played just now on our show. First, we have the song titled Sun Kiss from Vietnamese band Chili's featuring Cha Bui. We also played the solo debut track from G-Idol member Min Young called Drive. And finally, we have another cute and uplifting track coming from Thai Italian singer Valentina Ploy with her song called Bubbly Blue. Speaking of being uplifted, I'm sure tons of locals here in Melbourne got the feeling of being uplifted as well through all the jokes and performances from comedians across the globe when the Melbourne International Comedy Festival occurred and concluded last month. We actually talked about this festival way back in season one of APN this year, as well as interviewed Jason Leong, who was one of the amazing comedians a part of the 2022 lineup. But this time, the APN team members wanted to share some of their final thoughts about the festival overall. So let's go hear about it right now. A few episodes ago, specifically the episode on the 15th of March, we talked about our thoughts on the Melbourne International Comedy Festival coming back to in-person shows for the first time since the pandemic breakout. The festival has now wrapped up. Um, it finished on the 24th of April. We recorded this on the 29th of April. So it's been a good long while. Yeah, so we thought it'd just be a good time to share our thoughts on the acts that we saw at the festival. Me, JP and Zinnia went to see Aaron Chen together and Celeste. Yes. Obviously, actually, Celeste yeah, worked for the, the festival, festival. Um, as a technician. Yeah. So she saw a lot of shows. The most of anyone here, definitely by a long shot. Celeste, what's it like being a technician for the funniest show on earth? I mean, there were many funny shows, but I was stuck with right. three to four shows. 22 times I saw each show, and oh. it was the same show. Yes, right. same jokes, the same, same laughs. Same jokes. Oh. Yeah. But I was, luckily, I was lucky enough to work with an Asian comedian. Her name is Annie Louie, and her show is called Flirting with Death. And so the whole oh. thing about it is that she used to work in a funeral home. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so her um, whole act is about her working in a funeral home, her experiences, as well as being um, a Chinese woman whose mom had all these superstitions about death and growing up and how it affected her. So, yeah, it was fun times. She has a standing coffin in her show. It's massive. It was the pain to lift onto a stage 23 times. Um yeah, if you do get a chance to see it, I'm pretty sure she's coming back to Melbourne Fringe to um, do it again. So definitely check it out because it's a fun ride. Check it out. Not advertising, but great oh show. Nice. <laughs> In terms of like the crowds that went to the event, did you notice that it was like more Asian than the other comedians? Or was it just the same sort of crowd of like um, lawyer people that usually attend the Melbourne Comedy Festival? It was hard to gauge each night. Um, it was always a mixture. I did know that every Saturday night the crowd was a lot less laughing, if that makes sense. Like that was just a boring crowd because that was when all the work people didn't have work and wanted a day out on those nights. But like for some reason, like on Tuesdays, Fridays or Sundays, the crowd was a lot wilder. They were more happy and free to laugh and really were on board with a lot of the comedian jokes and stuff. But yes, yeah, Saturday was a weird crowd, not going to lie. I do remember when we went to see Aaron Chen, Tracy, who was that guy sitting behind us? His oh, favorite yeah. expression. What was it? The hell is this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you yeah, had never been to a comedy yeah. Yeah. No, no. This is my first time, at least. I've seen like a few comedy sketches on YouTube and on Netflix, but I think it's a lot different being in 
a theatre watching it. Each show is a bit different. I mean, Celeste, you saw like 22 each. You said if some of them were original or at least different each night? Um, that it was also dependent on the crowd. The crowd was more like open to participating in certain things, like just like talking in general. It would be like a much better night and the comedians could deliver off of that because they feed off that energy. So if you've got a crowd that's like just lacking any energy, comedians really don't want to be there. Like you're the worst sort of people. But if you've got like a funny laugh, like we vibe off that. It's the best. <laughs> like if you're snorting, oh my God, yes, please be there. Yeah, because we had a few interactions. Um, mainly, I think he was asking about jobs. The most boring jobs, just incredibly unwilling to talk about their jobs because of how boring they are. <laughs> and he's just sitting there like, so what do you do? There was my favorite part of the night was when he asked someone who worked in COVID like research or something. Oh, no, it was a guy who works for a company called Corona. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, I like the, the, yeah. the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. drinks company. <laughs> something like that and he was like what's your favorite strain (laughs) (laughs) that was good that was good you know actually drawing it back to um the whole like seeing something in person thing when you're watching someone like aaron chen live the awkward silences are just that much louder you know because then like the, he, the he feeds on that awkwardness right it's just like right, how can yeah. i make this so awkward that it's funny those stares the crowd down and the crowd person is like tittering ripples of laughter yeah, he laughter. forces it on you it's great like some comedians when they have a show they want to like make you feel at home and then other comedians when you see their show they're like this is my turf and you got to remember that <laughs> yeah like, I yeah i felt like i was getting that. held up by him you know like he's you now <laughs> put the laughs in the bag yeah yeah that's the sort of feeling you get from aaron chen what a legend you know i always love it when you make office workers comfortable by asking them very normal questions alicia do you go see anyone um yeah hi um it's me alicia yes so i am the outlier in this (laughs) conversation right now because i humorless alicia yeah i don't like funny people I don't like comedy shows that much. Um, I know, and Celeste is gonna give me the judgment eye for the rest of the day. Yeah, I can see it already. She's giving it. (laughs) I don't think comedy is my thing, so I just, yeah, I didn't attend. No, so. Jason Leung will be very disappointed. (laughs) There's lots of different types of comedy. You have stand-up comedy with like a mic and they're just talking to it and there's nothing else. It's just them talking. But you have people who are more into like audiovisual sort of content, like they interact with like videos that they make or like, like a lot of props or like musical comedy or like a combination of all three. Like I saw Emma Holland and she's not Asian, but like her show was pretty cool. It kind of reminds me of the Bo Burnham special, What? From like ages ago because it was all like planned like down to the very second and her tech was working real hard to get all those lighting cues and those sound cues down. It was just really fast paced sort of thing that went like from video footage to like using props to her like deconstructing her own show using a different persona like it was almost like seeing a one-person theater show for yeah. some of you guys who were like this melbourne international comedy festival was like your first time going to a comedy show do you after that exposure are you like open to the world of comedy are you like interested in attending like more shows like what's your thoughts post comedy um, season i guess i would have gone to the comedy festival a lot earlier if i had the money this year was the first time I had the money. 
Yeah, but my bank account is not forgiving me for the amount of spending I've done this year. I mean, that's what you got to do before you start being like personal finance, must save up for mortgage. You got to actually spend your time buying things that you've been wanting to buy since you were like a teenager. You know? Yeah. If you go see lesser comedians, they are a lot cheaper and sometimes you'll often find hidden gems and they're really good. So support the lesser ones, especially. Oh, how common is that, Celeste, that you find someone that is actually really, really good? Well, one of them was really good. It was the first solo show. She's Floyd Alexander Hunt. Check her out. She's really cool. Shout out to her because she gave me chocolates at the end of it. <laughs> so cute. But also, yeah. also, good time to spend because, you know, live entertainment is back after God. Oh, yeah, that's good. I, I'm supporting the industry. Exactly. That's what I'm doing. Exactly. That's how I tell your support wallet. me. Tell your, <laughs> tell your wallet that, okay? You're trying to support this industry. Come on. And the fun fact, um, for people who are in Melbourne, the Victorian government has a program right now where you can get 25% of your money back on entertainment related expenditure. So it's a good time to be like seeing cool things in the city. I think it's for purchases over 40 bucks. Right? Yeah. And less than $125 in rebates. So go crazy, but don't go too crazy. But also don't use it because I'll use it. <laughs> All right, so if you had any thoughts about the Melbourne International Comedy Festival coming back this year, maybe you saw some hidden gems, please let us know. We are on socials at Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hey, you're tuning into Asian Pop Nation here on Sin. My name is Leisha, the captain of the ship who has been appointed to fill you in on all the songs we just played, starting with this jazz funk track called Catharsis from Shingo Katori, former member of the legendary Japanese boy group Sumap featuring Wonk. We also played an Australian plus US collaboration track coming from Ashumu and Maino called Don't Go. And lastly, we played the song titled Whatever You Like from a staple favorite artist here at APN, Umi. Now, our final topic tonight is about Pretty important news that was made on April 21st when South Korea's top court overturned a 2019 military court conviction of two male soldiers in a same-sex relationship. This upcoming discussion does contain chats about some sensitive topics, so listener discretion is advised. If this is not for you, go ahead and skip this episode, turn down your volume, etc., or check out some of the other podcast shows on sin.org.au. There are also some incredibly helpful resources regarding the LGBTQIA plus community, especially for youths, which you can find on www.18.org.au. As of April 21st, South Korea's top court made a decision to overturn a 2019 military court conviction of two male soldiers for a same-sex relationship in a ruling hailed by a rights group as a milestone step against a much-criticized law. And what that law was, it was illegal for members in the military to engage in same-sex relationships. Yeah, this is basically a law that comes from a act passed in 1962. So it's a pretty old law that prohibits same-sex conduct among soldiers in the military. Any type of same-sex conduct is punishable by up to, I think, a two-year prison term. Yeah, and this was regardless of if it was consensual or not. Yes, or whether or not it was on army premises or not. So In this 2019 case that was just overturned, the two defendants were off duty and they were 
not even at the military base, but they were still charged. So it's kind of positive news that it's been overturned, but on the other hand, it sucks that they were convicted in the first place for having consensual sex away from the workplace originally to begin with. Defence Ministry has said that they will carefully examine the Supreme Court's decision about the case, and so in that they will re-look at what they've written in order to help tackle discrimination against sexual minorities in the military and strengthen protection of their privacy. Yes, from The Guardian. That's what they say. That's nice that they are gesturing at doing something about it because the law is incredibly discriminatory. It is like, yeah, stepping stone to like a forward path. But yeah, laws are written to be very vague. So people can manipulate it to how they think it should be used against others. But yeah, I think the fact that they've overturned it because it shouldn't include consensual same sex is a good thing. You contrast this to a case like in 2020 when the court ruled that a pair of soldiers engaging in sexual intercourse with each other um, were molesting each other. So this is quite a change of tune from, you know, two years ago. The military in Korea is the root cause of a lot of issues they have in the society. So maybe they took note of that as well. Like there's a lot of um, controversies that have come up recently about misogyny, you know, a lot of these specific um, issues that all stem from the fact that um, all able-bodied men in Korea are required to serve in the military. I do know, in general, like the idea of like romantic relations within the military has been kind of like a topic of conversation. I think it's we're torn. Like on one hand, it's yeah. like, oh yes, the military military laws are making progress. That's good. But on the other hand, we're like, ill. It's the military, right? So like, maybe that's you're there why to we're fight. Afraid. Yeah. No, as in, like, the military shouldn't exist in this situation in the first place. Oh, I see. I mean, that law shouldn't exist in the military. It's not illegal outside of the military. It's just weird to have it there. Yeah. yeah it's so yeah, weird. Yeah. Same-sex is not illegal in Korea. It's just specifically illegal between soldiers. Mm. <laughs> it's such a weird manifestation of the law. Yeah, I, I do agree. It seems like... It's ridiculous, the idea of why is it illegal within the military? Like, what is there to lose if you find there are queer people within the military? And it's, there's bound to be, isn't there? If you're conscripted in... Yeah, most men, <laughs> except classical musicians. Really? <laughs> yeah, they have an exemption for classical musicians and, like, athletes. Oh, really? It's because of their... their like on the oh. national be at a, uh, at a national level. It's not like yeah. I, I could have run track in high school and no, no, no. okay. Oh my Wait, God. this is slightly unrelated, but you brought it up. I don't know. Wasn't there like a whole hoo ha about it because BTS were going to be exempted from the Korean military service or something? Like, yeah, so just... they did get the military sentence pushback. Sentence. Sentence. <laughs> I mean, again, boo military. I mean, I. Tracy mentioned it like a while ago, but I kind of going through that same wavelength of the moment of just like, <laughs> I hate the military. So it's just like, it's great that um, they we're making like the right steps in terms of like, again, why the hell do we even have a law like this in the first place for um, queer people that exist in like the military service, but again, doesn't apply in like general South Korean society. But at the same time, it's like, it's the military and I... <laughs> 
Like, don't. Yeah. The military has so many issues. Like, this is just one of them. Yeah. It's, like, nice that the fix fix maybe, like, made steps towards Yeah, exactly. It's this so one. hard. It's, so, it's, like, a yeah. tiny inch of a needle on this huge road exactly. to redemption. Exactly. Exactly. Because the military is such a horrible place to be. Like, I know a guy who went to the military and he said it was a pretty miserable experience. And it clearly is a miserable experience if it, like, makes so many men turn into miserable misogynists. Like, it's just a horrible, horrible place to spend, like, yeah. two years of your young life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, hence why I've just been pretty quiet the whole time because it's like, yeah, when Tracy mentioned I was like, yeah, that's exactly, like, kind of my mindset. So it's hard for me to be like, yay, but also, ew, yeah. the military, the whole military yeah. system <laughs> just need, that's my yeah. setup. And they can survive without one, though? North Korea. Uh, exists and that is the reason why the south korean military is conscription based oh okay (laughs) the only way to solve it is via diplomacy aka um the two ruling parties from both countries need to bury the hatchet who knows when that will happen Mm -hmm. well in the meantime though as a message to the south korean military um consider implementing more gay sex it may make your forces a lot stronger than you might imagine don't let us know what you think because we aren't qualified to speak on this topic, clearly. Yeah, um, Leisha, let's get to the song now. <laughs> I did mention this at the introduction of this discussion, but once again, there are amazing resources available about the LGBTQIA community, especially for young people, which is available on www.18.org.au. And also, bonus info, but especially important after what we talked about earlier, May 17 is the International Day Against LGBTQIA Plus Discrimination. So once again, check out www.18.org.au to see how you can contribute in making a world a better place for LGBTQIA Plus people, not just on that day, but all year round. Hello, greetings to everyone who is listening to us right now on Asian Pop Nation, whether live on air or on our podcast. It's Leisha here, the executive producer of APN, which still feels weird saying that, not gonna lie, but anyways, let's talk through all the music you just heard. First, we played this retro track coming from Thai female artist Ink Waruten with her song called Ink. We also played this ballad track coming from Taiwanese artist Tamu with his song called in your eyes and lastly we played business by soyoung featuring bio which comes from soyoung's first mini album called day and night considering i know soyoung from sistar plus her quite intensive solo discography i am a bit surprised not gonna lie that this is her first ever mini album but hey congrats to her anyways we have unfortunately arrived to the end of our show tonight I know it's pretty sad, but let's reminisce on the positives such as our selection of all new Asian music with a special shout out to all of our local Asian Australian artists making their presence known, such as Jackie with his new song Mad Invite, 1300 with their debut mixtape called Foreign Language, Donnie with her debut mixtape as well called Quantum Jumping, and that US-Australian collaboration track coming from Ashumu and Mino called Don't Go. Our APN team also presented heaps of topics tonight, ranging from a special Xenia birthday shout-out to comeback news coming from God7 and Psy, Mother's Day, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, and just so much more. 
Thank you so much for joining not only myself, but also our team tonight of Celeste, Senya, Tracy, Lee, and JP. And before we say goodbye, we still have one more song for you guys coming from Asian Tick Wave, Thomas Ng and Pum Vumpurit, who team up to create this track titled Pills, which is very vulnerable, but also just such a good track as well. Remember, you can always tune into Asian Pop Nation every Tuesday from 8pm onwards right here on Sin. And for bonus content, you can always follow us at Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And listen to our Asian Pop Nation podcast available anywhere and everywhere you stream your podcasts. Good night, everyone.